Welcome to Thrills and Chills podcast brought to you by Sharebird and Clue. This is a show all about establishing product marketing and being the first product marketer. I'm your host, J.D. Prater. Today, we're talking with Kevin Garcia, the head of product marketing at Retool, about his journey of establishing product marketing at a hyper growth startup. But before we do, let's give a quick shout out to our sponsor, Clue. That's Clue with a K the leading competitive enablement platform for product marketers who drive revenue for their business. Clue helps you collect, curate, and distribute competitive insights to enable sales and revenue teams to win more deals. Don't just compete, compete to win with Clue. Kevin, excited to have you on today's episode on Thrills and Chills. You have been around the product marketing block. Your resume is so impressive. When I look back at it, you're currently now head of product marketing at Retool. You are at Segment, which was acquired by Twilio. You're at AdRoll. So man, amazing companies. And maybe people haven't heard of Retool, but I bet they've probably heard of the other two. But I'm curious, you're kind of thinking about moving into Retool. What attracted you to that company? Yeah, of course. So I think first and foremost, the most exciting part for me about Retool was the kind of challenge that I would take on and sort of the problems that I would face. I think for context for everyone, the Retool at the time that I joined was a 40-person company, SF-based, B2B company focused on low-code developer tooling. So for example, a lot of companies today build apps for their employees to do things like processing loans or building out inventory management for their warehouses. And you build that from scratch, usually with an engineer's time. But with tools like Retool, an engineer can really quickly spin those things up and just save a ton of time. I wouldn't necessarily say that I was a deep fanboy of the low-code space or <laughs> developer tooling in general, but what really caught me was the sort of stage and problems that I would be facing. The company had just hired in a head of marketing and hadn't really invested much in any notion of product marketing. So I was coming in sort of to a blank canvas. A blank canvas that also happened to have a really awesome and burgeoning customer base that was very obsessed with the product. And I think the, the most important part for me was really how opinionated they were about the problem they were solving. I hmm. think a lot of times early stage startups sort of have the, I'm going to take over the world stance and I don't necessarily <laughs> know how. But Retool, from, at least from the moment that I met them, had a very strong perspective that they were built for developers and they were focusing on developers and they were all in on developers and being the most useful platform for them, in spite of the fact that the low-code space is sort of known for being for everybody. And I thought the positioning and the opportunity to build from scratch and the opportunity to build a team and a function my way felt like a no-brainer. And so, yeah, that's ultimately what got me there. Oh, that's really interesting because again, I want to contrast it, right? I mean, you're looking at segment at the time, a couple hundred people acquired yeah. uh, Twilio. I mean, these are big names, attractive companies, mm -hmm. thousands of people. Whenever you think about joining a bigger company, was there something that was just like, ah, I don't know if I want that? Or is it more like, I think I'm ready. I think I'm ready for this next challenge. And I think I want to be the first. For sure. Yeah. I think for first and foremost, at Segment, I had a blast. Like I was having a ton of fun. I built a great team and was working with a great team with marketing in general. Honestly, even knowing about the situation with Twilio or without knowing the situation with Twilio, I had already started to get to sort of the notion of, well, I've experienced being a leader at a company that was scaled and sort of had everything figured out. By the way, if you've ever liked anything about Segment's marketing, it is because of Diana Smith, who is my former boss and 
and a former head of product marketing before for me, she built a great foundation, just incredibly awesome foundation for me to work off of. And I've had that same experience at Admiral with Mary Shirley. And I was looking to basically, you know, what would it look like if I had built something from scratch? And if I was really thinking about building the foundations myself. And that was already in my head. And so when the Twilio news happened, it was super exciting because Twilio is one of the most iconic developer platforms out there. They have an amazing marketing team. They've crushed it on so many different levels of marketing. And I knew I was going to learn a lot, but it just reinforced the same notion. I was at a 500 person company that was going to transition into a 5,000 person company overnight. Yeah. And I think the challenges and opportunities I was going to face were exciting and awesome, but they weren't as exciting or awesome as the thing that I was looking for, right? To have my own stamp and build my own version of product marketing. And it's where I was getting a lot of energy from this notion of going back and seeing what I can do from scratch. And while everything about Twilio and segment was honestly so smooth and so nice, they made everything feel really good about potentially staying, you know, ultimately for me, it was a great opportunity to say, this is no longer what I need and what I'm excited about where I'm getting energy from. So I made it really easy for me to look, to be honest. And overall, I had a great time there, but I'm feeling like I made exactly the right choice moving and sort of building my own narrative. Yeah, man. I want to echo that. Like, where do you get energy? I've also been at like bigger companies and I'm with you that the energy wasn't so much in doing the marketing. It was more yeah. like stakeholders influencing yeah. meetings. And you're like, yes, this is incredibly important in product market, but it's not where I got my energy when I needed to have so much buy-in so much, you know, and it's different whenever you're at a bigger company, it's just different. But I'm with you also on this like energy of, can I do it? It reminds me of Andrew Stinger, go back to season one, listen to Coda. He talked about this idea of like, am I good enough? Or am I as good as I think I am? Yeah. Right. And it's like, am I as good of a product marketer as I think I am? Or am I actually just really good at a well-defined process and executing it? Or can yeah. I actually develop the process and execute against it? And so people coming in and thinking through that early stage PMM or establishing the function, I think we all kind of have that in common of like, let's go figure this out. Let's go see if I'm as good as I think I am. For sure. Yeah. I think the challenges at a company like Twilio or bigger tend to be incomparable there. It's apples and oranges, right? Because you are sort of guiding millions of users towards new products, or you're sort of shaping a market at this point, And you have to be more careful, more precise, more accurate, more everything on the work that you're doing. And that leads to checks and balances. That leads to different teams. That leads to different structures and protocols. And ultimately, like you mentioned, you're working on things that are more about the optimization of the process and the hitting right. of the nail. And right now, I at least feel like I'm in a builder stage of my career where I want to be building from scratch. And I want to be sort of have all the pluses and minuses of not having <laughs> a team to rely on. And I think that it varies a very different animal. And I think companies and people have to sort of match at the moment that you're together. And so, yeah, as much as I think of those big company problems and opportunities as exciting objectively, I also think that that personally right now, I'm in a space where I want to be building, I want to be launching, I want to be working fast and moving with a team that's like-minded in that way. I think you really nailed it too. I mean, those are all the things that sounds like you're probably going to be, want to be like a, a first PMM or an early stage PMM to really lay out that groundwork. I'm curious with some of the background too, being in that MarTech ad tech space, yeah. making that transition into kind of a different industry space. This can be kind of daunting for PMMs sure. to like think about. How did you think through that? 
Of course. Yeah. I mean, I'd be lying to you if I said that I didn't feel imposter syndrome at every <laughs> step of my career. Yes. I never trained to be a marketer formally, got thrown into it through a lot of really awesome opportunities, but it does feel more natural to market to marketers because you do feel like you're part of the in-group. And then moving to segment where there was sort of a marketer audience that benefited from the platform, but a developer audience that used it, I still felt like I could bridge the divide a little bit because there was still that marketing perspective or the business perspective of how you use the data and what it meant and all those things. And so for me, it's always been about trying to figure out what don't I know? How okay am I with not knowing those things? And then figuring out how to incrementally get there, right? I think when I joined Segment, I was by no means an expert on data pipelines, on data analytics, (laughs) on how things move. But over my tenure there, I made it a point to sort of learn as best I could all of the different concepts that would make me a better marketer for it. And to more importantly, speak to people who live and breathe these things. And I think over time, what I realized is you don't have to be the expert in the room, but you do have to be the one who's very talented at dissecting what's important and communicating that over and over again. And so that doesn't necessarily imply you are the world's most renowned expert on data, but it does suggest that you do know the basics and you're comfortable leveraging those basics plus the other skills that you have to make it work. And so diving into retool where everybody's a developer And this is going into one of the most sort of technical sides of building, which is just building software. It was another kind of wake up call for me of all the things I don't know, but I think it's healthy and it's exciting. I think it's exciting not to know much or at all about what I should and getting the chance to learn it through the lens of customers and through people's actual experiences building something. I think that's one of the coolest parts about product marketing is I get to get the cheat code of talking to people who are dealing with a very specific software problem and hearing that same solution over and over again, but in different ways, I'm getting a fast pass computer science degree that I never got in college. So in many ways, I think it's a lot about the perspective you bring and the willingness to just say like, okay, I don't know this and I'm going to figure it out. Yeah, man. In some way, that's how I view this podcast too. It's like, I get a cheat code to understand how other product marketers, so everyone out there listening, it's like, this is also like your pass to understand how to establish this function. So really cool to hear your story and understand how you kind of evaluated it past and present, how you thought about the industry, understanding kind of like what is out there and what's available and what is like my career growth going to look like, right? What I want to kind of dive into next is you've been there now for over a year, mm-hmm. thinking through those early challenges, right? I mean, you came in, you said you're around 40 people. I think now it's like over 120. So you guys are hiring like one and a half people per week, right? So you're growing and you're scaling fast this company. But I'm curious, even outside of that, like what does it look like on the product marketing side to come in, you're the head of, and like lay down this foundation? For sure. Yeah. So I would say that I benefited significantly from a team of executives that all basically said the same thing, which is like, look, you're going to come in, we're going to collaborate with you to make this work. We don't exactly know what product marketing is going to look like. So there was no preconceived notions of it ahead of time. And we're going to collaborate on this. And so when I came in, it was uh, very much an exercise of learning by doing. I worked on the first to understand sort of the state of, and to give you the TLDR, the company was doing phenomenally well without having to do launches that often, which meant I even had more to prove (laughs) about the value of, of product marketing. And there was a lot of really 
good work that had been done on things like messaging or positioning or competitive, but it was never referred to them. They didn't have the language to describe it in the exact way that you might describe it in a product marketing textbook, but they had already done a lot of great thinking on it. So coming in, a lot of it was listening and hearing what they had, what they didn't have, why they feared what they didn't have. And the first step that I took, which I don't recommend for everybody because everybody's situation is going to be a little bit different. But the first step that I took was working directly with engineers to ship a few product launches and sort of accomplished or close to accomplished, but hadn't really had their time in the sun. The reason for me was one, I don't particularly think that the best approach is to come and try to do everything textbook only because you're the only person who cares about that textbook at the company. <laughs> That's a good um, point. So no one's really going to have the same grading rubric as you for like how awesome or thorough everything that you're doing is working. But people do believe in what they can see, right? And right. giving the engineers at the time, we told them to have any product managers. So I was working directly with engineers, working with the engineers to take the work that they had done, showcase it, bring it to life, and then prove on the other side. It's like, look, even with one email, by the way, like that's the level of newness there was to yeah. this. It's like they had never done a product announcement email, even with an email you can bump adoption by 20%. And I benefit significantly from the fact that customers actually really enjoy Retool and love using Retool. So it's been easy. As a yeah. marketer, it's a dream come true of being able to just, every time I share something, people have loved <laughs> and not loved what I'm saying, but loved the product that I'm championing. And in doing so, people sort of got the hint of like, oh, if even with this tiny launch that we didn't think was that important, there's a story to be told. There's an audience that's craving it and they want to do something with it once they have it. And over the seven months after, it was sort of just keep shipping and showing people what we can do, even shipping things that we didn't think we could package up in the exact same way. And I feel like that really earned me a seat at the table. It also accelerated my ability to say we should add more product marketers because a company that didn't have product managers and was growing super fast, engineers led every launch. It was important wow. for us to have somebody thinking about the business story and the impact. And overall, I would say it's been reasonably successful. I think we've built a really great rapport with engineering and product. Now we have product and design, but I think my big learning was just do. There's a lot of value in learning as you're doing in an early stage startup. And all of those little mini launches sort of earned me to see at the table to do the textbook stuff. I just shipped a messaging hub, our messaging and positioning and all that good stuff. And we're starting to ship more case studies and competitive intel and all the things that you see in like the beautiful charts from large companies that have all of things that you're supposed to have. But those things were things that people asked of me instead of me forcing it on them because I sort of earned my seat and earned the right to help position the company. Spot on, very extremely valuable advice there of like put points on the board, come in, show them that you can provide value, and then you earn that seat, build that trust. I say it's that simple, but like in some ways it is. Yeah, I mean, you talk about something as simple as an email, but like they haven't done that. And that's yeah. like within our wheelhouse as product marketers. And it's like, yeah, that's quote unquote easy for us. It's something that we can do or are comfortable with. And that shows a 20% adoption done, right? Yeah. Like, oh, I'm going to go back to Kevin because I want to do this. Also wild that they don't have PMs or at the time they didn't have PMs. So that's fun. <laughs> a whole other podcast. Man. A whole other podcast. We'll have to dive into that. But I think that's really key when you're building from scratch is getting those points on the board. And so my next question and follow-up is you talked about how you built out the positioning, the messaging in the compete. 
How do you think about that strategy piece, right? So you're over here on one side, you are doing that kind of tactical value add points on the board. How do you straddle the strategy and the vision of what the team is and what we can do in order to get the head count or to kind of grow it out and establish it as a function? Yeah, for sure. I think the earlier the company, the more you want to be closely aligned to the founders, right? So I have two awesome founders at Retool, uh, David and Anthony. And again, to their credit, they, the job was as advertised. They really have leaned in and helped me be a contributor. Obviously not the uh, be all end all of anything, but I think that the first value that I offered on the strategy side was again, sort of listening, right? The value change for them is sort of, they have a lot of these things. Been thinking about this company long before I apply, right? And they have notions of where they think the company can go, what they think the company can do. And all it really is, is a packaging exercise of taking those things and piecing it together with other things and continuing to refine so for example, the messaging hub that we worked on was an exercise of working on some strategy with them, right? It was a conduit to talk about whether we care about certain competitors or not. It's a conduit to talk about whether we care about certain product lines forming or not forming in the next few years, but it respects what had already existed before me. I in no way intended to be like a bunch of new things. In fact, if you were employee 39 or before, a lot of the things on that hub look really similar because you sort of lived and breathed the same messaging and strategy as the founders because you're so close to it. It just gets harder and harder to be close to it as the company gets big. Right. And so for me, I think, again, like the learning by doing also was reflected on the strategy side, which was asking the founders like, well, what's the most important thing that we could be doing right now as a product marketing team? And they were like, well, we need to tell our story to more developers. We're an incredibly well-liked and regarded product, but we haven't met every developer yet, right? And so how do we find more of them? And the first question to tackle there is like, well, who are you looking for? And what are you gonna talk to them about? And that sort of, again, earns you the right to ask these strategic questions and be part of the room that decides it when you're working on it in the context of doing something with that information, not just having it. Yeah, super key. I mean, it really is that you have to do both in tandem. I think too many yeah. times you'll see if you come in and just execute, you're going to be the implementer, the executor, yeah. and it's going to be hard to be seen as a strategic product marketer, right? When you come yeah. in. And so kudos to you, man, like you have to come in and you have to do both. And because if you come in with all strategy, then you're just the strategy vision guy that can't yeah. implement, can't execute. Yeah. Can execute. <laughs> like, why do we hire this MBA guy, right? You know what I mean? I give all the MBAs like, a hard time, right? But it's like, that's kind of their wrap. So you got it. You've come in, you've established the function, you're putting points on the board, you're also thinking strategically. Talk to me about growing the team. Yeah, of course. So I think the most important part for any PMM to remember is that our team doesn't necessarily scale one-to-one with every other. <laughs> we're, we're not engineering or sales, which naturally sort of generally, depending on the company, grow sort of as the company grows significantly, right? And so you've really got to place really strong bets on your first few hires. And the way that we were thinking about it was, what does the company need? The company is a platform, right? It's for developers to build any sort of internal 
also employee-facing now. There's the use cases are endless. Right. It's a horizontal platform, lots of different pieces and functions to it. It's going to be really hard for one PMM to be able to champion the full story. And it's also really hard with every developer platform. This is true of any developer platform for PMM to straddle both the volume of execution because a lot of the engineering is going real broad as opposed to usually like, for example, with AdRoll, we were helping people with advertising on Google, Facebook, and everything that wasn't Google and Facebook, but it was with display advertising. So I'd say in any given year, we were launching maybe four or five major updates to display advertising, either your ability to do it, ability to monitor it, your ability to uh, spend on it, your ability to make it beautiful, whatever it is. But it was all sort of in the same day. With developer platforms, you're sort of enabling tooling that will enable endless amounts of things. <laughs> and so it was a challenge to imagine a world where we could even keep up with engineering if it was just one person. So we're starting to build that business case of what does it look like for us to accelerate the story and get more developers to meet Retool? Well, it's having enough points to be able to introduce Retool that aren't necessarily just here's a platform that you can use, but rather here are use cases, stories, real narratives that you can latch onto. The second was actually proving that the points on the board meant that someone could add value and be a really solid contributor to the team, right? At an early stage startup, everybody's got to add points on the board. That's right. right. I can't come to this team and say, hey, you know, like I'd love to add someone in in a year or two when they launch a few major products, there might be some impact, right? <laughs> like I put enough points on the board myself and helped drive some of our biggest traffic and signup days myself first to show that product marketing can do this. And if I can replicate this with the team and have someone else do even better than I am doing on this, this is the kind of impact that you might expect and see. And then finally working with the head of marketing, right? At Retool, I'm part of a marketing department and marketing has to put its bets in lots of different camps as well. Product marketing is a pillar that sits next to content and growth and marketing operations. And at an early stage startup, you don't get to have everybody. <laughs> so <laughs> you and the head of marketing need to really think, think through, like, is this the right profile to hire for? Or should we hire someone who understands and can help us build the pipes or understands and can help us build ads? That's a question that every company sort of has to ask about their own business model and how they drive customers, what they do. I was fortunate enough again, where our biggest limiting factor has not been, we can't get enough ads out in the world, or we haven't gotten enough coverage in Forbes. It really has been just having more stories to be able to tell so we can unlock those opportunities. And so there was sort of a company need that we could point to with product. There was an expectation I could set about what the possible impact was. And there was alignment with marketing leadership that this was the right next place to, to bet. And then we opened the role. So it it definitely is not a, I came in, I impressed everyone, like, <laughs> hire four more people immediately. It is very much an exercise of like, prove why this is the best place to put your eggs. And also, by the way, most companies, it's not always going to be the case. Like there will be times when you, and this was true actually when I joined the company, the first thing I raised my hand to say was, we need a content marketer. Like yeah. we need someone who I can partner with because I can't keep up with being a generalist uh, writer and a generalist uh, product marketer and a generalist, like at that point, like pseudo designer because we didn't have a lot of <laughs> yeah. folks going. <laughs> and we found someone amazing. Her name is Ivana. And that unlocked for me maybe 3x more value than if we had added a PMM at the same time or instead of her role. And so I also think it's a matter of like, you've got to be a champion for the company. You can't just be a champion for growing your PMM team.
Right. I mean, you have to align to business needs, one of those levers, pull it, execute it. Really great point there too on the content marketer too. I think too many times we do get somewhat bogged down, maybe even like the empire building, right? Where you want to grow your own team. But like really thinking through when we say to the business levers, that means other teams and understanding that you can't have everyone and then you're going to have to place bets. So really great point, 100%. And it's funny because I look at Retool's blog and I'm like, there's so many user stories. I feel like one in three blogs are like some kind of stories. So it looks like you're doing a good job of getting those stories out there. <laughs> yeah, again, I benefited significantly. I honestly would recommend for anyone who's like a small startup, it is a grind to get new yes. people to use your product. <laughs> it is never easy for anyone except for maybe Stripe, I guess. But uh, <laughs> like every other company, you've got to grind for it. And I think finding a product where your customers are actually truly happy and are truly open to speaking with you as a product marketer at an early stage startup is everything. We have some of the most amazing customers that I can call on for so many things. We have a customer named Charlotte from Coursera, who's just like, she's brilliant. She's an amazing writer. She is able to like review things with us and give us feedback on things. That's invaluable at an early stage startup because you don't get many chances to send out surveys or get a lot of feedback because the volume of users is much smaller than like a Twilio with millions and millions of developers who use their platform. So that is one thing I would say is like, it would be infinitely harder to do this job if the product wasn't super well loved by the users that have it, that use it. Well, it sounds like you've had a pretty successful first year at Retool. So I'm curious now, when you look back over your product marketing career, give me some of those highs and those lows. What are those thrills and those chills? Yeah, of course. So I would say all of the thrills in my career have been the times where I thought it was impossible to do what I was going to do. (laughs) The ad role, which was probably the biggest career accelerant in my career. The company, when I joined, was really installed. Like there wasn't a lot of revenue growth or user growth at the time. And in fact, it came to the point where we hired in a really seasoned and awesome CEO named Toby to sort of rethink and reshuffle and reimagine what we could do. That came with sort of team changes and lots and lots of departures. And Toby challenged what became a two-person product marketing and eventually just became me to help him launch AdRoll into three separate business lines and three separate business products to rethink our product strategy, to reimagine how we launched to all of our customers. All this happening at the same time that the GDPR was wrecking (laughs) And I thought it was impossible, especially because I had a lot of my heroes and contemporaries from AdRoll depart. And so I was the last PMM standing for a while and getting to work with a CEO and at the time a head of marketing named Shane to tackle such a huge problem and to be given so much runway with very little experience in any of the fields that they had asked me to participate, whether it was pricing, packaging, launching a new brand. Like I honestly was given incredible freedom to learn on the job and it worked. The company is doing super well now. They keep hiring like cohorts of like 50 people at a time. Their new business units are doing really well and the core product got to focus and be specific to e-commerce advertising, which I think just changed how well they could ship product. And that was huge for me. 
it changed everything for me because I went from relatively junior IC to the head of product marketing with a vote of confidence from the Admiral president, the Admiral head of marketing and the next role now, the parent company CEO. That changed everything. And it really was one of the biggest thrills of my career. But I've been able to launch so many cool things. Segment launched our developer platform and the ability to build and extend a segment with a team, someone on my team at the time, who now she works at Century and she's brilliant. Her name is Sasha. Just did this phenomenal launch that we launched our conference that did super well. And we got hundreds of companies building on top of segment, which was super cool. And yeah, I've been able to see a lot of programs through. So those were definitely some of the highlights for me. The chills have been, I would say times where things were nebulous without momentum. When I think about like what makes nebulous projects fun. It's this notion that it has to happen, do or die. There's a tight yeah. time on this because that's what makes the nebulous possible, right? Where you're like, all right, fine. There's no answers today. We'll have a little bit more tomorrow, a little bit more, and you move towards the goal. And that's sort of what happened with the Admiral business units. But the chills, for example, like at Admiral, we struggled a lot with what, what are we going to do outside of ads? And that question, we never built a lot of conviction at the time that I was there into a lot of different avenues. And now subsequently, post my departure, people much smarter than I really doubled down on email and in-app notifications and all these things that e-commerce companies actually need and want. And of course they're doing super well, but it was a project that really sort of like struggled to get its feet for years at AdWolf. Mm. Like what exactly are we going to do outside of display? And then the same was true with pricing at Segment. Segment had historically been sort of an expensive product to many folks and the researching and effort we put in and trying to fix that always felt a little bit circuitous <laughs> and <laughs> I think we subsequently now like again maybe the trick is for me to leave the teams have figured out a lot of really cool things to do in that regard and I think it's definitely improving but it was a project that over the course of the time that I was there never really had enough momentum going for it to actually go anywhere and I think that was always a little bit of a chill for me in my career, being part of projects that feel like they could be great product marketing moments, but just never really caught the energy that they needed. I mean, those are so like soul sucking because you're just like beating your head. You're giving so much energy and maybe you care more about it than others is yeah. like what I have found with myself was like, I cared way too much about this project and that, that did not align with other. And therefore I was frustrated and that frustration yeah. just kind of snowballed. So loved, <laughs> I can completely relate. And just how do you keep that momentum? How do you find it? I mean, it's tough. Like that is our job. It's For just, sure. it's just tough. I also think that people often forget that part of product marketing job can also be saying this isn't the right time. If we don't have the yep. right momentum, if we don't have the right ingredients for this, we also should be open and willing to raise our hands and say like, yes, I know ostensibly pricing or packaging or new product lines or whatever it is fit into my worldview, but we don't have the right ingredients for this to come to fruition today and to refocus your efforts. It's taken me my entire career to better ways to say this isn't the right time to do something, but I know that soon it will be. Once the stars sort of start to align for it, I will put my energy into it. But for now, as interesting or exciting or fun as it would be to work on it, I know it's not worth my time. And it's super hard and only possible in retrospect to sort of get there. But it has been, for example, easier for me at least to have these same discussions and say like, actually, you know, I don't think this is broken. Let's revisit it in, in a few quarters when I think it will be. It's really nice to not let yourself or to catch yourself before something actually becomes a chill too. 
Yeah, I think that's like a perfect place to end this. Like, I think if anyone listening, that should be your top takeaway. That right there is just being able to like pause, reflect, or even deflect (laughs) and think through when is the right time. So Kevin, thanks again for coming on and talk to us about establishing product marketing at Retool and then even your past experiences at Segment and AdRoll. Really appreciate it, man. Yeah, thank you so much. Uh, I really appreciate it. And now a quick word from our partners at Clue. Stay in the know about your competitive landscape with Clue. Share real-time insights across your organization with Clue's dynamic battle cards delivered everywhere your sales reps live through integrations with Salesforce, Slack, Highspot, and many more. With Clue, you'll never let your sales team be blindsided by competitors again. Crush your competition with Clue. And we'll see you next Thursday. In the meantime, don't forget to subscribe. And if you have any feedback on our episodes, things you liked, things you want to hear, anything else, please email us at podcasts at sharebird.com. And you can connect with me on LinkedIn. I look forward to seeing you next week.